Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey everybody, welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your Chief Lounge Lizard, and the host for this episode of the show. Today we are going to be visiting a museum filled with video games, also known as the Smithsonian Institution. I know, that sounds really weird. But actually the show is based on uh, an excellent uh, point that... Uh, columnist extraordinaire Shella brought to my attention, uh, which was uh, that the Smithsonian has an exhibit uh, that's going up um, about video games. And they actually had a process where you could vote on which games were going into the museum. And so uh, it sort of got us thinking about the artistic merit of games in general and uh, our discussion for today. So Shella is joining us, of course, and Shella is the columnist that uh, brought this to our attention. And good job on that, since you're over in England and you're you're finding out news that's happening in our backyard here. <laughs> well, I'm a news hound. <laughs> so she can sniff across the ocean. <laughs> also joining us is Todd Hargosh. Todd Hargosh is uh, famous for having played every video game on the planet. So, of course, Todd, we wanted you to be involved in any discussion on video games. I figured that. <laughs> and also joining us is Marie. Marie, who uh, is also um, has uh, some experience in this particular area and uh, some strong opinions on on what the Smithsonian was doing. Not not all of them good. So Marie, welcome to the lounge today. Okay. Okay. Tell she's fired up and ready for today's. I know. Uh, okay. Trying to be restrained. Oh, good, good. Okay, that's okay. Well, you know, Nate's not here today. He can't join us today, so um, I don't know. There, sh- there shouldn't be quite as much yelling as normal. I don't know. But um, the, okay, so let's get to the let's get to the crux of the issue. Two two things. One is when the Smithsonian announced that this was happening. My first reaction, and I think most gamers' first reaction, was, "Oh my God, that is so cool." Video games are finally getting the recognition that they deserve. However. The more I looked into it, it was sort of like uh, one of those backhanded compliments like, you know, or, or may you live in interesting times, which seems really cool at first. But then when you think about it, it's maybe not quite the greatest thing in the world. And uh, the reason was, first off, the whole process of having people vote on the video games was kind of strange. I mean, I don't recall voting on uh, what should be there, you know, Archie Bunker's chair or or Welcome Back Cotter's blackboard, you know. So so that was kind of strange that the curators were sort of not doing their job with that. And secondly, they only looked at games based on the visual aspects of them. So, for example, uh, um, a game like, I don't know, like Mass Effect or something like that might make the list, but only because it was a really good-looking game, not because of any type of in-depth storyline or anything like that. The equivalent to me would be like, let's let's pick the the ten best songs of all time and only base how great the song is on how good the music video is that accompanies it. You know, <laughs> so you know, and you end up with like Heart being on the top five <laughs> because of because of their video because of their videos, but not necessarily their games. So. I don't know, but then that sort of led into a discussion and a thought on what what makes what makes a game art. And uh, Todd, I want to go to you first because I know you've been thinking about this for a lot. I know you were you were trying to rack your brain all last night. You said, and you couldn't think of games that really were artistically, you know, sound. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I just couldn't think of any aside from um, if well, what I've, what I've done before is there were events I've gone to um, where they've actually shown. Where they sold um, artwork from games. Oh, okay. I've seen that at MAGFest. I saw it at VGX. 
even at E3, they had an art exhibit there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, that just seemed like mainstream titles. I mean, I see people doing artwork of probably people like Mario, Sonic, all the stereotypical um, game characters we're used to. Well, how are they selling the art? Like, were this, is the, are these, like, framed prints of art from games, or...? Uh, yeah, there's some artwork that was designed. Sometimes you do what they call pixel art, mm-hmm. which they design pixel by pixel what the characters look like in the games. Mm-hmm. And there's so much, either framed or on felt works. I mean, they sell them all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I never thought I'd see something like this ever going to the Smithsonian. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know, an exhibit on poker playing dogs. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Well, well, shall, um, you know, I don't, I mean, you were the one that brought the column to our attention. So, I mean, what, did you have the same reaction I did at first? And did you, did you change your tune the more you looked at it or? Um, well, I suppose I'm not as aware, um, of what goes into the Smithsonian. Um, uh, so I just thought it was an art museum. Um, and this is just a, an exhibition that's on for a, it's not like they're going in there for posterity mm. it's just an exhibition that's on for a, a few months um uh, and then it's going again so um i guess i so so what was <laughs> what was the question what oh I, what did you think when you initially heard it i mean assuming you eventually found out that the smithsonian was kind of like the museum <laughs> yeah. i mean were were you excited i mean and then when you looked at the process i mean what what did you think i mean eventually we got to this you know what it, what is art <laughs> basically yeah. question i suppose um i thought it was a positive thing well, i still think it's a positive thing i i suppose i didn't go as in depth as you guys thinking about you know the voting thing because again I'm not as familiar with the Smithsonian and what it represents to you guys um you know I don't know if it's uh, like the Natural History Museum or something I don't uh, um I'm not as au fait with I it understand. So I, I mean thought, we, yeah this is a positive thing we, we are just I'm... silly colonists after all <laughs> but, but, but yes it is it is a big deal I guess yeah. Oh, well, that's what I thought. I thought it's good. It's a big museum that everybody's heard of, and you know, it raises it raises debate, doesn't it? Mm. So it can only be a good thing, really, and it can never be perfect. I mean, they're never going to please gamers, are they? Let's face yeah. it. Well, Let's say it could also backfire. Um, eventually, I'll get to an opinion why it could backfire, but um, we'll say that probably more towards the end. Most, yeah. Well, sure. Okay. Yeah, we're just sort of thinking our initial 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 reactions. So, um, Marie, what was your initial reaction? I mean, you you've you've been sort of the most negative about this entire process. Well, my initial reaction, I I think, was uh, similar to to everyone else's, is that it was inherently positive um, that that they were addressing video games at all um and bringing attention to them and of course that raises debate and that that raises the profile of the entire industry and that's that's all good but um the idea of you know just doing the artistic merits of the visuals i i think was absurd um because it's not just a visual medium and if you're just going to do the merits of the visuals why on earth are they starting with Arrow 1, with the bits, uh, you know, uh, combat, really? That's What's the visual merit of combat? <laughs> um, and then the other thing was that um, I am appalled by the way the curators did this. Um, it, 
the idea of the public voting on any exhibit. I mean, they didn't have public voting on the Star Wars exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are we going to have in the Star Wars exhibit? And that was just a, a temporary exhibit that would move on. Um, and then, you know, well, I suppose it's it's <laughs> it's not as vast, is it? What <laughs> what is going to go? And they pretty much know what people are going to want to see in the Star Wars exhibit. Well, yeah, but you know, it's, it's pop art, really. Comparable but it's pop art. is it the whole of video games compared well, to but it's, Star but it's, Wars? But it's pop art, and you know yeah, I don't that doesn't make it the same thing, thing, does it? Or comparable? Well, yeah, actually it is. It's very much so. Oh, not really. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, how, how about this? How would it not fall into pop art? I'm not saying it doesn't fall into pop art. What I'm saying is you can't really compare trying to narrow down. Um, Sort of thirty, forty years of video games. Well, sure, because um, they have to narrow down hundreds of years. Three, well, let's say other given artwork. Star Wars movies that anybody cares about. And well, yeah, but the thing much is, is that they can easy. still narrow it down. They narrow okay, so all the other fields down. Just going to talk over me. Okay, I'll step in. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, Marie, why, why don't you why don't you tell us why you? you don't think that it was good. And then we'll let Shella get a 30-second rebuttal, just like a presidential debate. (laughs) And then Todd will vote on who he wants to follow. Uh, So, Marie, please continue. (laughs) No, I just feel like, you know, a curator's job is to to narrow down vast uh, collections. And, And the Smithsonian obviously isn't just one museum. It's multiple museums. And... You know, they not only in-house do they have experts on a lot of different fields, but it's not difficult to acquire, uh, you know, outside knowledge on this beyond just the graphics. And the fact that they, you know, sort of did this voting thing, I think they did it, A, to call attention to it, and because they thought it would be, you know, fun and exciting, but it is sort of a backhanded, you know, oh, we don't really think this is legitimate, but, you know, we feel like we should say something about the subject kind of way to approach it and i think a that that's beneath the smithsonian you know you expect that sort of behavior from a a less you know prestigious prestigious. institution (laughs) you know and um you know i do i absolutely think they could have narrowed it down and and done a better job with it and i think it's a shame that they didn't because this was a wonderful opportunity and while it is good that they they you know are doing it at all it could have been handled a lot better. I suppose we would have been doing a show after the fact. Like, how dare they put, you know, Shadow of the Colossus into their list that they came up with and not this other one. But but you're right. I suppose it would be a little less contentious than just having the mob rule vote for it. I mean, theoretically, somebody could set up a, a you know, a, a, web, a popular website with a link and suddenly we get Redneck Rampage or something being one of the one of the top 80 games or whatever. I don't know. Shallow, now you get your time. <laughs> to rebut <laughs> her argument. Um, no, I have nothing to rebut. Uh, it's fine. What? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, no, there's nothing to rebut against what she just said. It's, it's fine. Okay, okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Todd's going to vote pick a leader based on that, uh, but all right. Um, it's kind of a no-brainer because she, cause Marie is right. When you do have uh, voting um, as an option, you're, you are going to have that rabid fanboy um Audience is gonna constantly pick the same game. You know they're gonna be like, "Ooh, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy." <laughs> I mean, they're gonna try to have all, all thirteen main games and who knows how many else 
uh, many subtitles they have, try to get artwork from all those. Well, Cod, first off, congratulations on putting a riff on Final Fantasy into a, a topic that has nothing to do with Final Fantasy. Um, well, when you although think it was, of, it was, it, it, several times. it was, it was, you're right, yes. you're right. <laughs> As I figured, no, I'm saying when you do voting, you're gonna have that, that market, that, that radical fanboy market that's gonna want what they want. Right, right. And if they don't get on there, they're gonna contact the Smithsonian and cry foul. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have the bridge named Stephen Colbert. I understand how Internet voting works. Um, but uh, so, OK, I think so. It sounds like even even all of us are sort of on the same page that, OK, well, maybe the voting thing wasn't great. Maybe they should have, like, done a mix where they said, OK, these are these are the top games that we've you know figured out or thought about. And then maybe the public could have voted on well, like two more. Or something. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They did do. They they whittled it down to however i mean it was they didn't whittle it down very far it was like 80 right admittedly yeah i think so but yeah apparently there was a panel of um developers journalists industry hmm. industry whatnots and yeah they got it down so far and then probably thought you know what let's just hand it over <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, whenever anyone does any list, I mean, when Rolling Stone comes out with the top ten albums of all time or something, you know, yeah. there's always this rabid for a week afterwards where everybody has to comment on, oh, I can't believe that Michael Jackson's Thriller didn't was was number seven. It should have been number five, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So, I mean, yeah, kudos to the Smithsonian for for getting. I mean, we're doing a show on them. You know, how many times do we do a show about something happening at the Smithsonian? Not that often. But I think that brings up a bigger question. So, uh, as far as artistic merit in video games and this is something that we've always struggled with and this is something that i've always been a proponent of like when i see a game like for example when heavy rain came out and i said oh my god finally games are getting some artistic merit um but you know previous to that there there wasn't a whole lot of them i mean sometimes you'll get something like like shelly you 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 think that uh ico had a lot of um artistic merit right yeah i mean it was a very beautiful game well, I think we're in, we, the, the games industry tends to really lower standards when it comes to, um, uh, judging things on, uh, a narrative and when it comes to artistic merit. I mean, it was, it was very beautiful and sort of affecting and things, but, um, I wouldn't say it was art, oh, okay. um, per se. Um, I apologize and I misunderstood your comments. I, I thought you, I thought you had meant that, like a game like that would be considered art. So, so well, your I'm, your standard's pretty high for what what art is, then. Right? Yeah, my my standard is pretty high when it comes to art. Yes, definitely. Um, do do I, any games reach that standard? No. Really? No. Not one. No. No. <laughs> no. Well, because I mean, I don't think there's any game developer out there that would call themselves an artist. Oh, I, I because. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just saying. I, I think there probably are developers that would. Really? Yeah, I just read an interview with the guys at uh the guys at Bioware, and they they consider and, themselves and what, artists. What is? Oh, do they? Yes. And what is? What? <laughs> well, see, the thing, uh, the problem I have is, so um, in a hundred years' time, someone's going to be playing whatever Bioware game, and what is that game going to tell them about? Um, you know, that period of time in society or, um, you know, the sort of, I don't know, uh, the meaning of our 
of life at that time or our place in the universe or, or you know, the things that great art deals with, you know, sort of, I don't know, religion, death, love, you know, birth. Games don't deal with these things. They they don't tell me anything about the human condition or about consumerism. They don't make a comment on anything ever. Could, could they? They're pure entertainment. I mean, could they? And could they? Well, what what in a hundred years' time is? They could. They're not saying they, they couldn't, but they don't. Okay. What in a hundred years' time is going to be gotten out of a Jackson Pollock painting in any of those categories? Um. <laughs> Well, I suppose its place in art history, um, the sort of the um, the 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 separation of, um, I suppose, the artists, sort of the deliberate act of the artist and what they what he was trying to do, basically. Um, I think you could make that same argument on games. Really? You're just. I think that's bollocks. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, okay. Let's, let's. Well, a lot of people thought Pollock was bollocks, and I'm sure there are plenty who still do. No, I don't think games are bollocks. I think what you just said is. Well, let, well let's let's let, let's let Marie make her point. So Shella has explained why she thinks that games don't rise up to an artistic uh, standard. So Marie, wh- wh- why do you think that they do, or some of them do, or or they can? Well, I certainly don't think they all do. <laughs> Um, but I think that when you have a collaborative medium, you know, games are a lot like movies that way. You mean lots, lots of people, people working on them? Sure, you have hundreds of people involved. And, you know, if you have a transcendent experience, a transcendent experience um, of any piece of art, you know, when, when, you're, when you're walking through the hallways in New York of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and you catch out of the, the corner of your eye Van Gogh, he, he's transcendent. You have to turn into the room and look at him because his colors are amazing. The experience of seeing one of his paintings live is amazing. It's, it's a transcendent experience. A really good video game should also be a transcendent experience. And, you know, Shadow with Colossus made me think a lot, actually, about life and death and what's appropriate um, as a as a quest in terms of losing someone and recovering from it and, and what it costs to, to seek to alter nature. Um, and it was visually stunning and beautiful. And I think that that qualifies hmm. I, as an artistic experience. Oh, I, you know, I, I, w- I would, yeah, I would tend to sort of, I don't know, on this one, Shell, I'm sort of sort of, and again, I may be the exception to the rule, but I'm, I'm sort of agreeing more with Marie on that, and I'll, I'll give you an example. It's like, um, like last night, I just finished, uh, oh god, Todd, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna hit me on this one, but I just finished, um, Dead Money from the, the, the New Vegas thing, and, uh, I, yeah, it was the hardest freaking DLC ever, I admit that, and I was very frustrated with him, but at the end, you find out that the casino is just this monument that this man created to this one woman and and she ends up betraying him and so it ends up being just like this really kind of sad tomb and it's sort of like I remember when the DLC was over and I found out all the different secrets of what was going on, really going on inside the casino and stuff I thought to myself isn't that just the way of things where you spend your entire life 
devoted to something and it turns out to to not be as good as you thought <laughs> to begin with and and I don't know that I would I would sort of consider that for me it was sort of a it was a moment of pause and it was sort of a transcendent moment and you know I mean who's to say that that wasn't an artistic statement that you know got thrust into my mind over the over the laser pistol fire and things like that I mean I mean Shella what what, what do you think <laughs> um well, I I'm just a cre- I'm just a cretin that is <laughs> transcendent experience as a result of a video game. Yeah, they've made me uh, feel excitement or sadness, but then so could an episode of I don't know some soap opera or something can do that. Mm. I mean, you know, it's just then it's like anything that ever affects you becomes art. Um, I like that definition. (laughs) um, Yeah, then I suppose our our definitions are different. um, Because for me, it has to be the purpose behind the creation of something. So, for instance, Gears of War 3 in itself is an art for me. But if someone takes excerpts from Gears of War... um, and uses it as a artistic expression of something i don't know um obsession with violence a critique on war or whatever it was that is they want to say um it can become art but i don't think the it's not created to to have it to have a sort of artistic expression it's it's entertainment it's purely for entertainment's sake i mean it's creative um, but I wouldn't call it art. Todd, um, oh, it's just interesting, Todd. You, you know, I mean, you're sort of you really haven't said anything. I mean, where, where, where do you? I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you think because I mean, you play a lot of video games, but I mean, are they are they purely an entertainment medium for you, or have you ever had experiences where you, you would consider what you were what you were playing or what you experienced art, or was it was it pure entertainment? It's a combination of both, but there are some times when it would hit the artistic. Uh, integrity um like one i mean it's not just physical arts but it's like emotional art too hmm. when you, i mean a good example you know i would say about the ending of metal gear solid 3 right and how emotionally captivating that was when you find out the truth about the main character and and, and the main antagonist you're going up against i mean it's i mean art is not just a physical form it, it could also be spiritual or emotional hmm. and a game like that would fit that so do you think then, do you think that based on Shella's definition, do you think that, and I, I mean, I would tend to say probably so, but, but do you think that the creators of Metal Gear Solid 3 got together and said, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna create an artistic slant to our game and this is, and that's how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna do Metal Gear Solid 3, or do you think they were more saying, this is how we're gonna make this game so damn entertaining that everybody's gonna wanna play it? Uh, it's probably, I mean, Kojima has always been known for having more of a philosophical message when it came mm. to his games. Mm. Uh, so uh, maybe, maybe he was trying to make it artistic by when he when he did that. Mm. Who, who knows? I mean, after well, playing I mean, two, a lot of this stuff makes. Wrote his plays for entertainment and cash. Who, who was Shakespeare? Mm. Wrote his plays for the masses mm. to make money and and to entertain people, and they certainly rose above just that. We're not gonna have the ghost of Nate Woolley coming here, are we? <laughs> Seeing that it's a business. It's, it's a business. Even Shakespeare wanted to make money. 
absolutely did. Absolutely, you got to put food on the table. That's true. And, and you know, I, I guess if we were doing this podcast back in, you know, the, the the Shakespeare's time, well, first off, we'd all be burned as witches or whatever. But but, but, but secondly, you know, I I think we could be maybe maybe having the same argument and saying, well, Shakespeare just wrote that play to to make the masses happy, and it's it's not really art. And a hundred years from now, nobody's going to know what Shakespeare's play was. I mean, I I guess it's it, it seems wacky. But maybe, Shella, do you think that it's possible that a hundred years from now people will look back at video games and say, you know, this says something about their society at the time? Um, well, I don't, I, I don't really think they will because I think, well, Shakespeare was writing plays for money, but he was always also saying a lot of a lot of things within that, you know, they were entertaining stories and they were universal stories. <laughs> um, and but the language was incredibly rich and he was, you know, saying a lot of stuff using that language, you know, and he was inventing language as well. So um, there is no way that you can ever level pulp fiction at, <laughs> at Shakespeare. I think I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, but, you know, the the eternal reign of the FPS Somehow, I struggle to see what that will tell anybody about us <laughs> um, in a hundred years' time. Well, let me ask you. Oh, let me ask you one more follow-up. Well, let me ask you one more follow-up question, then, Shell. What, what about? You know, this is the game I always throw out: is is Heavy Rain. I mean, do do you mm-hmm. think that that's an artistic game? I mean, I know you haven't actually played it yet, but but I mean, just from everything you've heard from people, I mean, do you- I mean, there yeah, there are games that are. You know, uh, you know, games like um, Ico and Heavy Rain, um, they do sort of open the door and sort of to what can be done. I mean, the trouble is games are really expensive to make and um, they are there to entertain. So they've got a hard job. You know, it's it's a hard place to take risks. Mm-hmm. And be be an artist. Well, yeah, because often um, oftentimes controversial things and and art is often controversial, isn't monetarily you know sound no. decision. Um, so it's I mean it's hard enough for filmmakers to be artistic. You know, uh, mainstream movies aren't artistic movies; they're entertainment, and video mm-hmm. games are in the same. You know, but we we don't have a, a Jim Jarmusch um, of video games, really, or you know, um, a, or even a I don't know. A, a, you wouldn't, you know, the Citizen Kane of games. What is it? Maybe it is a Heavy Rain. I don't. All right, know. let me bring this up to you then. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be sound like an old man by saying this, but what about when uh, when they did all laser disc games back in the '80s? I mean, look at some like Dragon's Lair, which was designed mm. by a Disney animator. Mm-hmm. Don, Don Bluth used to work for Disney. Yeah. And of course, back then he was known for great uh, artistic works like The Secret of Nim. Mm. Would you consider a game like Dragon's Lair as, as artistic? Uh, uh, is this to me? I guess so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm I... You're thinking. like the expert, Shella. I mean, you're <laughs> the one that says there's no art. We're just trying to, we're trying to mm-hmm. define your opinion. You may very well be right. That's not what it is. <laughs> Um, well i mean they're 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 creative but i mean art has to for me art has to reach you on a much deeper level than 
oh, that's pretty or, <laughs> uh, you know, it has to actually say something or and and mean something to the person who created it. I think I think art is not about the thing that we experience because I'm sure there's lots of art that nobody ever sees that, it, you, you know, it's about the person that creates it. That is what art is about what, you know, their uh, their drive to create that thing. What was it? And um, that's what's interesting about art is what that person is trying to say and how they affect you. Yeah. Whereas I think most video games aren't made to convey something to someone that's deeply personal to that games developer or creator. Okay. They're well, made to entertain. It, it sounds like it sounds like we have three very different opinions on, on what art is, and it, I don't think we're going to come together, but... Let me try to uh, let me try to bring us together a little bit on a on a final sort of question. And Marie, I'll let you go. I'll let you go first. Um, and and that is um, so. So, are games art, or could they become art? And if you had to, if you were suddenly working for the Smithsonian and you were a curator, and sounds like you might do a better job than the ones they have, um, <laughs> what, what what titles would you would you put into the museum if you thought? That they deserve to be there, and 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 why? Or would you would you be more like Shell and say that is not going to be an exhibit on games? <laughs> well, no, I definitely I I do think there should be um, an exhibit on games because I think they're a wonderful example of pop art. And, um, you know, as far as what games I would choose, um, I think uh, Ico Shadow of the Colossus that whole and then the actually the new one that's coming out is gorgeous. Um, and that along those same lines, uh, heavy rain, I thought was, was certainly pushing the, the envelope. Um, I would actually include the, um, a lot of the Bethesda titles. Um, you know, if if you follow the, uh, Elder Scrolls blog or those people are deeply committed to this project and they absolutely have things that they want to say, um, individually, with certain um, quests that you go on that that they're absolutely trying to um, create an experience not just for the player um, to enjoy but to really think about and to really you know put forward their vision of you know how things should be and things that matter to them in much the same way you know that the great science fiction does that you know great science fiction is always thinly veiled social commentary. Mm. Um, and I think that great video games are too. And I don't think that, you know, the vast majority of them, uh, fall into the category of art, but I certainly think that there are, um, many titles actually that, that I would classify as artistic. And, you know, I, I think this is a good first step. I, I wish that they had taken it a bit more seriously, but, you know, at least they're going in the right direction. Okay. All right, good enough. All right, Shella, what, what about what about you? I mean, <laughs> do you think anything would be in the Shella Museum of video games? <laughs> uh, um, well, I don't know if I'd, I'd have an exhibit, but I don't think it would be an art exhibit. Okay. I think um, you know, um, I think the uh, the Science Museum in London has a permanent. Uh, side that's uh, got video games in it mm-hmm. and maybe a sort of you know a 
cultural exhibit, you know, because obviously they've been hugely important culturally. Um, um, artistic one, I'd be tempted to put something as stark as Pong in, in there, um, mm. because that could quite easily become a sort of conceptual art piece, Pong, because it's just so stark and simple and almost everybody recognises it. And, um, yeah. Mm, okay, good answer. That's interesting. All right, Todd, what about you? <laughs> The show kind of follows up on what I was what I was thinking. Um, instead of making it more based on artistic, it'd be more historical based. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, use uh, key elements from each game from the seven generations that came out. I know uh, Marie joked around about combat, which would fall under I think the first generation. But when you think about it, I mean that's that's what we grew up on. And um, well, nothing I, against combat. <laughs> yeah, well, as I said about the artistic style of it. Yeah, it, I mean it's just. A red and blue block, big deal. <laughs> but, I mean, the Smithsonian did something like this a while back. Uh, before they renovated the Museum of American History, they had that Information Age exhibit. Mm-hmm. And they showed some of the older computers like the Altair 8800, the original Apple One, the TRS-80 Model One, and the Commodore 64, to name a few. They could um, be able to do something like that and show some of the um, key to, or display some of the some of the various uh, titles from that period. Instead of concentrating on what they looked like, just these are the historical milestones mm-hmm. in video games. And then, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, because to me, the art part would probably, would probably fit better for events like uh, like MAGFest when they show displays of um, different pixel art. Mm. I mean, some people are going to go there and they're going to be like, who's this? Or, or come with a mad attitude about it. Mm-hmm. But show more about the history it would um, attract more people. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I could I could look at art anywhere for, as far as games concerned. Just check online or go to the events I attend. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes, and I mean, I I think I'm ripping off one of your guys' columns. I don't remember which one, but sometimes in video games, you know, art is the rust stain on a toilet seat or something, you know, in some in some that's, that's uh, yeah, some bunker some yeah, <laughs> some bunker somewhere. You're like, damn, that looks really realistic and horrible, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I mean, I mean, well, you bring up the point. I mean, look at Fallout. Do you think somebody's gonna come out of the uh, <laughs> out of the vaults and look at all these signs saying, "No, oh, that's art." <laughs> yeah, you're... yeah, which is which is like the bowl of fruit. You know, the sort of those old paintings that have bowls of fruit and a dead pheasant, mm. and it's like, wow, look how real it was. And then it's you know we. Art moved on pretty quickly from like painting really real glasses and pearls and stuff because um, it's kind of dull. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, um, it looks like we've resolved pretty much nothing, but <laughs> we had we had a good show. Uh, listeners out there, why don't you tell us what you think art is? It's one of those things. I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> and yeah, I know what I like, and I like what I know. <laughs> our uh, our email address. The eye of the beholder, I think, is what they. Say. Hey, there's a game that I would put in my museum. Eye of the beholder. Anyway, um, the <laughs> Gin Lounge at com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash game industry. Both very easy to remember. We'd love to hear from you. Um, budding art critics, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. And uh, I will see everyone next week. And here's hoping that uh, you have a transcendent experience, whether playing video games or walking through a museum. Yeah, that'll happen. (laughs) See you all later. 